breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Is it Friday yet? Not quite. And this is a short week. Yes, it is. Four day. The longest short week. I don't know why. It has been. Because I'm a pain rain? in the neck. Did I got a little rain? rain. I was out at uh, Wine Wednesday and I got um, started <laughs> hearing the. It's a thing. <laughs> it, is, it is with you, I guess. I started hearing thunder and, you know, and I was like, and one of my friends I was with, her husband texted her and said, you need to come home because you don't like driving in hail and hail's coming. So <laughs> we broke up wine Wednesday a little bit early. I but, prefer uh, whiskey Wednesday. But, ooh, uh, see, I could do tequila see, I, Tuesday I was, and Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to see me Friday. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, now you, I've lost my train. You derailed my train of thought. Uh, no, I... Yes, I, I got was, rain. I was getting in bed, so, and it was... I saw lightning as I was turning out the light. Mm-hmm. And it flashed. I went, whoa, whoa. Is yeah. that I was not expecting. So, And I had the bike still out, so I had to go put the bike in the garage. Okay. But I, I didn't know... It, it hadn't rained by the time I was asleep, I don't think, so I didn't know. Yeah. But we did have some on the driveway. I do know that um, Bo... He the thunder bothers him a little bit, and so he he and I were snuggling last night, and he was the little spoon, and he wants to be the big spoon when there's thunder, so he likes wants to crawl on top of me. I guess I don't know, and he, it's just really big snuggle. <laughs> you when you're that big of a dog, you can't crawl on top of someone. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, then and he doesn't think, understand that. People think basset hounds are small dogs. <gasps> oh no. They're not small dogs. No. They're short dogs, but they're not small they're dogs. They're big, big boys, yeah. And, and when they try to climb up, and they're, you're, mm-hmm. dude, you're not a lap dog. Yeah, you're not <laughs> a lap dog. So this weekend, uh, LSU home opener. Mm-hmm. So I was doing some reading. Do you know what the record is between LSU and Grambling? Do you know what their history is? No. I didn't either. What is it? Zero, zero. They've never played? According to this article that I read, this is the first ever LSU Grambling. Look at her going to Google. No, I'm moving moving my clock. (laughs) LSU Grambling matchup. I, I find that hard to believe. I'll be. I saw something that now, I... Now, somebody yeah. knows something different, please yeah. let me know on the Jack Spring Electric News... I mean, on the uh, Shreveport Security Systems message board. I saw something disturbing by a dear friend of mine, Nancy, who is a diehard LSU fan. She's at every game. Um, and she put a post up that said something like, these fair weather fans are now dumping their tickets to this weekend's game because <sighs> they don't want to be there. And so you can get tickets to the LSU game, like, cheap or free. And she's just so sad. I don't that, get, that, I don't she, get that. And, she's, and she has a kid who's play. It's uh, Jacob Hester's mom. And she said, you know, you can 
these kids need people in the stands, especially after that horrible loss. Right. They need people cheering them on. They don't need to see all this negativity of these people that are like, oh, their season's over. They're doomed. And you if know, anybody can turn it around, Brian Kelly can turn it around. Oh, they're bashing him, too. I, oh, I, we were texting you know. my group, my little couple buddies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, of course, we were frustrated. You know, expectations were high, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and of course, I all caps, fire Brian Kelly. Oh, gosh. I, I was being sarcastic. And, and, right. You know, and, and because you know that's what you're going to hear. Already. Yeah. Now, if you lose Saturday night, Monday morning, tune in. I'll be saying it. <laughs> well. But, you know, it, it's too soon to start bailing on the Tigers. This and is I, his second season. Yes. And, you know, to see that the fans are like, I'm not going to that game. Why would I go to that game? This team is doomed, you know. No, it's Tiger Stadium. It's, it's an inner. It's a. It's, it's a, a rivalry in the state. In Tiger Stadium. It's the home opener. You've got one of the teams from your state that Grambling's going to bring some fans. I promise you, wherever they go, they bring fans. Right. And it's going to. And I'm. I'm sure the band will be playing. I'm pray, prayerful the band will be playing. That'll be a joy in itself to see the Grambling band play. So I'm hoping, you know. That the fans will show up. Now, there was not a lot of good to pull out of uh, the Florida State game. Our 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 new DBs did mm. not look good. Uh, no. Red zone offense was non-existent. We yeah. had no running game. No. no. I mean, <sighs> it was a little uh, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. But it's it's home. It's season home opener. Yeah. Saturday night in Baton Rouge. I will get it back on track. Chance of rain. Zero? Never. Never. Remember Never. You know, yeah, that's you're what he right. says. Yeah. Chance of rain. Never. Well, I've been there when it has. So well, I'm, me too. Lying. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, please don't be fair weather on LSU yet. It's too early. Let me lead the fair weather charge. <laughs> you know, give me a couple of weeks. It's not time yet. <laughs> it's not time to bail yet. But I did say are. we need to stop opening our season with Florida State every year. I don't know. That, that tradition needs to. <laughs> yeah. The way if you look at that record, we're not on the good side no, of it. That's for we're sure. We're now 0-2 on our oh, season openers. Not good. Against definitely. Florida State. Mm-hmm. If you missed uh, Billy Nungesser yesterday about Mardi Gras, we're not going to play the whole interview, but we're going to play the segment about Mardi Gras and his message to our mayor. That's coming up at about 640. Mike and McCarty. What? Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. You know how your phone listens and Google listens mm-hmm. to you? Yes. Somebody in the world is listening to your life. I'm telling you, You're it's bizarre. Running into people that you think of and it's like, I Googled wait. somebody yesterday and I ran into them yesterday afternoon. I was like, <laughs> wow. No. That's just bizarre. They had a big uh, dog and pony show, I mean, news conference yesterday about I-20, about a complete overlay. Now, is this an overlay or are we redoing? It's reconstruction. Are we, are we digging it up and starting over? We're digging it up and we're redoing the interstate. Well, and, that, and that's good. It's, it, it would, at least see, once every 60 years we should do that. 
why is it 60 years? Why are we taking 60 years to do it? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And I know I'm not supposed to say this on the radio, so don't pretend like you didn't hear this. I talked to a, several years ago while I was out having a couple of cocktails with some friends, I ran into a big time road builder okay. in Louisiana. I'm not even going to tell you where I was. Right, right. This, this man's company does a lot of roads across the state. And and I we were talking about and we were a little bit tipsy probably, but we were talking about you know what's the why are Louisiana roads so awful? And he says to me, "You want to know what why the roads in Louisiana are so bad?" I said, "Of course I do." He said, "That was his drunken voice." Right. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me. He said, "Somebody out of Deadwood." Apparently. He said, "Our standards for our substructures under our highway." is way less than other states. You couldn't build these Louisiana roads that we have in Texas. They wouldn't be allowed. They, they wouldn't they wouldn't match the standards. the bid requirements. Right. And he said until we change that, we're going to have repeated problems with our roads. Now, is he right? Was he, you know, a drunken stupor and 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 was lying? But he, a big time road builder, and he said, we need to get our lawmakers to change the, and our DOTD people to change the requirements. We need to make sure that substructure is better. Like, so like they if, don't break down. Like if, if other states, say Texas, their, their base is required to be nine inches. Ours is like five. Right. And we're pulling those out of our binds. Right. I'm just, right. right. I'm just saying, but, but that's. That's exactly the problem. And we need to make sure we're doing, when we do this new, and I know they've already bid it and all, it's a $117 million project, but we need to, we need to really think about, are we doing it the right way? Are we doing it to last another 60 years? Cause Lord knows we're not going to do it again for 60, you know? It's been nine, and since the 1960s since okay, we've done so, this. So there was a press conference yesterday. Yeah. Okay. We've been driving on these roads. Obviously, they haven't been bad for 60 years, but they've been bad for a long time. You bet. You bet. But it's it's interesting that, oh, there's now look what we're doing when the former... Secretary of the DOTD is now running for. He seems a little suspicious over there. Hmm. <laughs> look what look what I did. A month out of the election, yeah, we're oh, gonna now, oh, the we're gonna fix I twenty. Yeah, because I was so good at mm-hmm. my job. Give I'm, me a bigger job. I'm building you a new road. Look at this. Look what I'm doing for you, Northwest Louisiana. Ignore. Everything that you've had to deal with for the past 40 years. I've only been in Don't charge for seven years. look at that man behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Don't think about the Jimmy Davis Bridge or the other or the deteriorating other, yeah. bridges all around the Across area. Across the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, is it politically motivated? I'm not going to stretch it that far. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I just don't. Uh, we need it. We do need it. No doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We needed it we like needed 30 it years for, ago. Thank you. That was, thank you. And are we going to have to wait another 60 years to get it done again? You know, do it better now. Put a great subsurface down now and maybe they will last 60 years. Right. But get ready for, you know, real serious barrel races. We're talking about two and a half years this is going to take. So it's a two and a half year project and they're starting it on the September the 18th.
This September? Yes. In a week and a half. September 18th, no they're kidding. starting. So what are they starting? They're starting at Embosier. For, I think they're going from, uh, I'm going to get it wrong. So we'll have to. I, I can tell you, right past Louisiana Downs, if you go, if you're heading on, well, east or west, actually, but going that way, that section of the highway is nice. Mm hmm. They're coming. Oh, they're, and I don't know yeah. how far down, you know, east you can say it's nice. I but. believe it's industrial from industrial over toward Shreveport. So they're doing a lot of work. It's a big project. And, you know, ultimately they're, you know, they're saying there will keep a lane open the whole time. At least one lane will be open, but it's going to back so things gonna up. So they're going to funnel. Wow. Yeah. So Ruben's going to be real busy tracking traffic for two and a half years, Ruben. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> now, what were the barrel races uh, years ago? Remember, we had oh, them for a long time. We did some overlay stuff. We did we did some overlay stuff on the interstate, but we didn't do subsurface, dig it up, and redo it. Okay. This is going to be where, you know when you drive on highways in Texas and they do this a lot, where they actually dig up the road and right, you see big right. holes? Big chunks. Yeah, big chunks are gone. That's what we're going to see here. <sighs> I just bit my lip. I just Because I wanted to say something and don't I didn't. Don't do it. I do do <laughs> I'm being a good boy. You be good today, because I'm not going to be. Uh, Billy Nungesser, our lieutenant governor, had some uh, some stern words to the city of Shreveport about Mardi Gras and the Arklatex. Hear what he has to say coming up at 640. Mike and McCarty, 101. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. We did talk to Billy Nungesser about litter across mm-hmm. the state. Yeah, they're gonna they have this big study they're doing about litter and how big a problem it is in Louisiana. And they hadn't put it out yet, but I asked for it yesterday, and they and I just got it. And I was looking at it, and <laughs> I'm laughing because we've spent a lot of money on litter. And the survey, this new survey, the public attitude we, survey, we spent a lot of money on litter. So on we litter don't want to. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounded funny. It I'm says sorry. the top reasons people litter are convenience and laziness. But this yeah. this little piece here is so funny. Most Louisiana citizens, ninety two percent, believe litter is a problem. I want to meet. I want to meet the, the other percentage. The eight percent who, who, when asked if littering is bad, just went nah. nah. <laughs> Nah, I didn't even problem. think until he said that. I went, that other 8%? Nah, no, no problem. it's not a problem. Nah, I don't care about it. Litter. Nah, nah, throwing trash on the ground. Who says no to that? I don't <laughs> want to see their house. I can tell yeah. you that. How silly is that? Only, like only 92% think litter's a problem. It's wow. Like, it's like that joke. Do you know the difference between a urinal and a couch? <laughs> no, then you're not coming into my living room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, that some some key findings and how much money we spend on litter abatement is kind of astounding. We'll be talking. We're going to have the guests from this uh, Keep Louisiana Beautiful. They're going to be joining us next week to talk about the study, and we're going to unravel some more about it coming up. Yeah. We've got to change people's attitudes. We really do. I mean, I, I told you, you know, I just, I watched somebody just dump a whole bag of garbage in a parking lot. And people throw out diapers and oh. just, 
It's not good, and it's a big problem. I saw the cleanup crews working again yesterday, and I'm thinking these guys, again, it was 100 degrees or close, and they're out there with those little grabbers, you know, picking up all the trash, and I thought, will we have a day come when they won't be needed anymore? No, we won't, because even Uh, Aaron, look, don't say I've said anything, but even in this building at the coffee station, People don't clean up after themselves. Right. I'm sorry if I'm talking to you, but I'm not. It's not me. I'm not sorry. I don't make my own coffee. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it just gets to the point where you go, I can't stand this anymore. Right. And and I clean it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, how can you not take your, you know, your stir straw cover and your sugar packet Three feet into the trash into can. Into the trash. You're just yeah. going to leave it laying there and right. you're leaving grains of sugar on the counter. Mm-hmm. As, oh, it's ugh. gross. It is gross. Yuck. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm now off my soapbox. <laughs> Billy Nungesser, Lieutenant Governor, yesterday had some words for Shreveport about Mardi Gras in the Arklatex. Hear what he has to say next. Mike and Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Yesterday, we spoke with Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser talking about, uh, we talked about litter abatement and the efforts the city of the state is doing. But we also talked about Mardi Gras in the Arklatex and asked Lieutenant Governor Nungesser, part of the problem is security and safety issues and asked if he could step in and help out by helping provide security. It's hard to get commitments and, and you know, there's going to be a change in the guard, but state police, all of those things we've inquired about. What I've asked the city and, and working with the local crews, we don't want to change the date of those parades. I just got back from Australia and New Zealand and we got people excited about coming to Mardi Gras in North Louisiana. They'll be flying into Dallas, renting a car, and coming there for Mardi Gras. Well, they're already making plans. If you change the date of those parades, uh, you're going to set our international tourism back because these people are already making plans to come there to enjoy those great parades, and, and we don't want to have them show up and, and find out that the parade has been changed to another date. Ooh. So it's very important that we stay the schedule that we committed to when we went overseas to sell. Have you North told our mayor that? Have you told our mayor we've, that? We've delivered that message, and, and I'll be coming up there to meet with the mayor. I've been in contact with Stacy over tourism and the captains of the cruise, but I'm actually coming up there in a few weeks and going to sit down with the mayor and see whatever I can do to make it work. But we've got to keep Mardi Gras on schedule. We're expecting a big influx of out-of-town guests. Um, and, and they spend money, and it's a great opportunity for us to grow family-friendly, safe, affordable Mardi Gras in North Louisiana. Okay. Oh, don't move the parade. Don't don't change it. Mm-hmm. In international tourism. Yeah. Now, I texted the mayor uh, yesterday to try to get him to come on today. He's headed to Washington, so he can't make it on the show today. But I said... He's you going for Washington Mardi Gras. Well, maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I said, any comment from you on Billy Nungesser saying Shreveport should not change the date of any Mardi Gras parades? To which the mayor responded, quote, interesting that he would not... That he would comment without discussing it with the mayor. He told us he'll be in town soon to meet with you about this. And the mayor says, I have not heard from him. 
So, and and in that, I was listening closely. He doesn't. When I asked him specifically, "Have you told our mayor that?" He, he never, said, "I right. have delivered the message. We've delivered the message, and we'll be up in a few weeks to talk to the mayor." He um, has apparently spoken to Stacy Brown mm-hmm. at the uh, Louisiana Tourism Bureau mm-hmm. and the captains of the cruise apparently to, to his office has been in contact with not, them not to move the parade dates it will what was his phrase it will impact international tourism it, yeah their their international tourism efforts that they've already obviously made he just got back from australia and new zealand mm-hmm. i've got a story up on keelnews.com uh, that shows his quotes and, and about this, if you want to read more about that. And he's recruiting people to come here to go to Mardi Gras. He, he, the way he's talking, there's thousands coming from from down under. Yeah. And they and they're and some of them don't want to do the big New Orleans Mardi Gras because they're a little some people are scared of New Orleans right now, to be quite blunt. And so they're like, give me a little tamer area where and, and Northwest Louisiana is a great choice. The Centaur Parade is one of the biggest parades in the state. And if you move that date and those people have all already booked their travel plans and you move that parade back a week or whatever you do with it, could it be could it be causing a problem? Is the is Nungesser raising an alarm that's like, ah. There's mm. got to be a, 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 an answer to this security question. we got to find it. There's got to be an answer. Mm-hmm. And he did say... Uh, he has reached out to the Sheriff's Association to try to get them to provide help and security. I know the mayor has told some crews or someone from the city has told the crews you need about 100 more officers to keep the parade on the same date because we can't work our officers at the African-American parade in the morning and then expect them to turn around and do the same a few hours later for your centaur parade. So we're going to need you know, some more officers to help man this parade, and that's the big issue. We'll stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. Find out when the mayor gets back, uh, when he talks to the lieutenant governor's office. You and bet. hopefully talks to Mr. Nungesser. Mm-hmm. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Talking earlier about LSU's season opener, and you were saying that you were frustrated. People are dumping the grambling, mm-hmm. their grambling tickets. Yes, season opener. I know. When when I go down, a friend of mine has season tickets, and and so we tailgate. You know, mm-hmm. and and I don't care if LSU is ahead forty two to seven or behind forty two to seven. Right. We don't leave the stadium. Yeah, it's an experience. It's an, That's it. Mm-hmm. And then people are filing out in the third quarter oh, yeah. to beat the crowd. Right, right. We're like, you know what, you idiots? We go back to the tailgate, fire the grill back up yep. because yeah. you're not going any place for an hour mm-hmm. anyway. No grills this year. By I'm, the way, I'm just telling you what we I do. Know, for I know, I know. And and then and then he's got a satellite set up and his TV, and nice. we watch the late game, the West Coast game, mm-hmm. and just make it a whole night out that's of it. That's a big party. That's a that's the way you do Tiger football. That's, that's the way to do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or you, or if you're a student down there, or you're friends with a student, you go back to the sorority or fraternity house, and they put the TV on. You watch the other games while you're partying. 
drinking Kool-Aid and, you know, having fun. And bologna sandwiches. Bologna sandwiches, exactly. <laughs> That's what you do when you're in college. Don't forget that. Um, but it's just an experience, and it's well worth it. And I, I hate to see people dumping their tickets and bailing out already on this team. It's too early. I'll be the leader of the bailout crowd. Trust are, me. Are there issues to work on? Absolutely. Yes, yes. But, come on. If you've been a Saints fan for any length of time, mm-hmm. you understand suffering and supporting your team through yeah. through thin times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Before the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. Yes, definitely. And I never, no, I never wore a bag. I did. I'm I still won't know. K and B purple bag. Yeah, had it on. I I uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. He graduated from uh, NLU. Uh, back when it was Northeast, mm-hmm. and he said um, he was over at the game last weekend. Right, they played Army, I think, and I and we got to talking about that. I said, you know what, we're going to be able to go to Centenary Games, ooh, locally. How nice. fun will that be? That is going to be cool. I and to the and to the coaches over there. I want a jersey. I want a Centenary jersey. Oh, we need to work on that. Yeah, I'm going to be at Centenary Friday, the Book Bazaars this weekend. That's right. That's oh, going to be know. cool. Yes. That's a big event. I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, we'll we'll ask them about football jerseys. Do they have them ready or not? Speaking of college football, look what I did there. Not Missy the- Setters with the Independence Bowl mm-hmm. is going to join us later this morning, mm-hmm. uh, talking about things that they've got going on. Yep. Mm-hmm, you bet. Also, Aaron Buchanan is joining us in the 8 o'clock hour, DOTD. We're going to talk about that I-20 plan. What are they doing? You know, how's it going to work? When are the barrels coming out? And, and what are you going to have to do to avoid it? A, a message said, your road building guy is correct. Moon had a road guy on several years ago and said, Texas has like a six-step process involving the substrate before they even lay on the actual driving surface. Mm. Louisiana is not. We need to change that. And to, that's a law that they would need. I mean, they would need to work on that. You know, what are the requirements for our freeways and get with DOTD and make a change, I guess. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 7. People have no idea how valuable an asset Ruben is. I don't care what his mama says. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and his wife. Yeah. And his, and his kids. His and dog. <laughs> Ruben, we love you. Yeah, we do. Uh, I can't. Aaron, we're a week. This is a week into September already. I know. It's the 7th. Yeah. Monday is 9-11. Yeah, September 11th. I was thinking about this the other day. We have a whole generation that that has no idea, really, about 9-11. They weren't born yet. Young kids, yeah. And I remember our parents going, well, I remember I was when Kennedy was shot. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and, and 9-11 was one of those moments. Right. I can remember the morning like it was yesterday. That's what I wanted to ask you. Where were you? We haven't talked about this. Maybe we did in passing, but where were you on September 11th? What were you doing? I was the audio production director at Channel 3. Mm-hmm. Upstairs, my my studio was is, was a large closet. <laughs> it was a small studio. 
And I was in there. It was upstairs. And the girl that worked in uh, the accounting office had come down and you had to go by my studio to go to the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And she walked by my office and she said, a plane just hit the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. And, of course, my first thought, a small Cessna pilot probably had a, you know, a heart attack or mm -hmm. something and, and, and ran into the building. Mm -hmm. And I walked down to the production director's office, who was a dear friend of mine. And then we wa were watching the news coverage and saw the second plane hit. Mm. And, of course, being at Channel 3, yeah. we knew that President Bush was landing at Barksdale. Right. He's on en route. In, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a morning I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget. What is that now? 22 years ago? Isn't that unbelievable? You got kids in college now that weren't born. The, I mean, the, the, that are graduating college now. That were not even born yet. What grade were you in, Ruben? I was, I'm pretty sure I was in seventh grade, and I was in Miss Winkle's English class. Miss Winkle. Yeah, and um, our principal, Mr. Reynolds, who ended up being a state representative later on down the line. Yeah. He walked into the room, and this was after the second plane had hit. He walked into the room and said, two Boeings have just crashed into the World Trade Center in New York. The country is now at war. And then he left. Oh, Oh, wow. And then he just left. Right. Wow. And, you know, Miss Winkle rushed over to the TV while all the girls in the class well, started And then, of crying. course, a plane hit the Pentagon. Mm hmm I mean, it got scary. It, it, it got scary did. for a while, and especially with us in such close proximity to Barksdale. Mm -hmm. Because if a nuclear attack were to happen, we would probably not know. Right. We'd because Barksdale would be one of the first targets because of the munitions stored here do you remember and, and i say this because bozier is doing a a big event they always do on september 11th which is monday 9 a.m um they're going to do it right there at the um outside the police station the you know the civic center right there um nine o'clock liberty gardens keep bozier beautiful city of bozier sponsoring it they're going to have uh, retired Colonel Lieutenant Colonel Oliver Jenkins, who was a retired Marine, who was also served on the city council. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the he Barksdale, was our council member. Yeah, the Barksdale Honor Guard will be there. They're going to also recognize a Bozier Elementary student who wrote an essay, was the winner of the essay, What is a Hero? And I'm sure the student will read that essay. Um, it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever been to this ceremony, and I, ceremony's not the right word, a memorial. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very somber, a lot of law enforcement, a lot of military folks show up, and it's open to the public, and you're welcome to show up. I just, when I, every time I remember September 11th, I remember the weeks after, mm -hmm. which in our country I, were yes. just what I want every day. Yes, I, I was going to say that. Every day. We were, everybody had American flags out. We were all, we didn't care who was Republican or Democrat. We, we didn't care who was white or black. Americans. We were all Americans and I'm getting goosebumps thinking yes. about it today and I'm getting palpitations. That's the country we want. That's the country we live in and that's what we want back. We Again, we were all Americans watching President Bush stand on that rubble with that American oh, flag. We hear you. With the firemen. Mm -hmm. oh, 
Yes. And we had our we had our young people who were in high school and, and Adrian Perkins is a prime example who decided he that day he wanted to go serve his country. We had thousands of young people in that generation who decided I'm gonna go serve. I was too old at that point. So that's when I joined the reserve unit at the Bossier City Police Department. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I've got to do something. I've I, got I to. I think to this day, both of my children are serving in the military because of 9-11. Yeah. Because they remember how that impacted them. They were little. They were first and second grade. But they remember that day when they were at St. Joe's. And they remember the trauma that our country went through. But there are so many people that don't remember. They were not around yet. We have to teach that to our kids and our grandkids. People have already forgotten. They have. There's no more patriotism. When's the last time you saw somebody, I'm proud to be an American. I've got American flags on my truck right now. Proud to live in this country. Yes. It's the greatest country in the world. Yes, we have our problems. But we are still living in the greatest country in the world. You know, even, you know, my daughter just got back from South Africa. And she's, you know, you think we've got problems? Oh, God. Go live in a foreign nation. Yes. Go, go to a foreign country. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the corruption, the the third world, um, you know, situations and, and conditions that other people in, across the world live in. Right. Right. And you're mad because yeah uh, yeah it's, it's we just got to pause to remember Monday and nine o'clock Bozier right there at the Liberty Gardens you're invited and we hope they have a big turnout. But you're exactly right about you know what it doesn't matter black or white mm-hmm. Democrat Republican left right. No, no, we were Americans. You bet. And we were attacked. Mm-hmm. We can have our own issues, but don't you come over. Yeah. And, 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 and mess with us. Right, right. And just keep everybody in the country in your prayers because that day uh, we lost more than 3,000 people. Impacted a lot of people. Big time. Monday, 9 11. Mm-hmm. Never forget. Mike and McCarty, 1017. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten, Keel, Mike and McCarty. Tonight's the the debate, the governor's debate. First biggie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Trump won't be there. <laughs> the Louisiana governor's monitors. Race. <laughs> Ultra maroon. Well, Trump won't be there. <laughs> no, he won't. I'm just stating the obvious. Neither will Jeff Landry. Right. Jeff Landry's decided not to attend. The top five candidates have been invited to attend. It's an hour-long debate. Um, Will people watch? Are people paying attention yet? I don't know. Honestly, between you and me, Mm -hmm. nah. People don't care yet. I bet if you stop ten people on the street, Mm -hmm. eight of them couldn't tell you more than three candidates. That's true. Honestly. That's true. You're probably right about that. Um, the when latest, I watch those street interviews, like on, you know, Tucker used to have them and, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesse Waters, when he did it for Bill O'Reilly, I think. Yeah. Um, it would, people would laugh and I'm going, this is not funny. No. People couldn't answer. Who's the vice president? Who, yeah. Silly things. Yeah. 
That's true. People don't pay attention to that. They don't pay attention to politics until it's right before the week of, typically, or maybe a couple of weeks. And then they go and do some research on their own. Some don't even do that. They go and vote based right. on what does he look like? Is he D or R? Is he black or white? Is I mean, some people vote for such shallow reasons. Absolutely. That it's it's a shame and we have to do better. We got to pick better candidates. Uh, the latest poll numbers give Landry a, you know, a commanding lead. And do I fall Still projected for, to be a runoff. With he and Sean Wilson. Right. Do I, do I fault him for not showing up if he's so far ahead? Uh, See, I, to, to me, there's two schools of thought on that. Mm-hmm. A, which is what I think they're, why? Why Why do I need to go in and possibly put my foot in it? You All know? you can do is screw up. Right. Right. You've got a commanding lead. Mm-hmm. But the other part is, you know, the other, other school is, what about those people that are on the fence, that don't know who you are, yes. that don't know your accomplishments or... But in the political world today, Jeff Landry knows if he showed up tonight... He would be the punching bag. I mean, he's right. going to still be the punching bag tonight, even though he's not there. But now you you don't get to defend yourself. Right. Now you just let them throw jabs. And they really need to focus on, you know, I want to hear them talk about what are you going to do. I'm tired of hearing, I'm going to improve education. I'm going to improve roads. How? <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah the, are you the gonna, standard lines. Are you going to impose a gas tax so we can improve our roads? Are you going to change our education system, how it's run? Are you going to do away with testing? What are you going to do to make the changes? They don't get into specifics. And that's the, such, such the sad part about politics. And it's just, it's not just Louisiana. It's the world. We don't hear, show me what is it you're going to do give me five things you're going to do to improve our schools and of the candidates that are what what is six six candidates seven 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 major ones i guess right uh, richard nelson was not invited to the debate tonight because his polling numbers are not high enough they had a threshold you had to meet okay so he was not invited he wants to come on the show tomorrow i'm, I'm not sure if we're going to do that or not um, we'll because he was recently on, and he, he was the most mm-hmm. recent candidate we had on. So I don't. don't we do know have if that's Sharon fair. Hewitt. Sharon She's Hewitt going to be coming in the next few weeks. John Schroeder's coming in, so we're going to have a couple John of them. Schroeder. I'm hoping that we'll get Sean Wilson, and I'm hoping Jeff Landry will make an appearance. We'll see. You know, they're they're all going to reach out to me, or or me to them shortly. You know, I, and I've heard Moon talking about. And, and of course, he's he's got his finger much more on the pulse of the of the statewide stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but but a, a lot of these can't. Why? Why are you in the race? Why are you? Why? And then they're going to go up on stage. I guarantee you, they're going to beat up on each other. Yes. As opposed to, let's look at the leading Democrat candidate. Right. And right. that's who your focus should be on. And they'll beat up on Wilson tonight too. I mean, I'm I'm sure they will, but they 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 don't have a chance if they don't get by Landry. So they know they got to get by Landry. And you're going to have somebody like Stephen Wagesback, who is not an insider. Um, folks will say, yes, he is. He worked for Jindal and was part of the problem during the Jindal years. Oh, well, you've already heard that on some commercials. Oh, you'll hear that a lot. Right. And you know, he's been very 
open. I haven't heard from him lately. We may need to reach out to him and get him back on the air. Yeah, we haven't talked to Wags. But in a while. he's um he's gonna put himself out as a businessman and an outsider and a I'm gonna come in and reform how we do things in Louisiana. How? What? Right. What steps are you you can right. spew that all you want. Education Give me, yes. roads, health care. How yeah. so? How so? And we don't get into specifics. the details. And and I know they put together these plans that they publish these. Here's my plan. But really, does it really have specifics? What legislation will you propose? What changes? Are you going to fire a teacher? You know, what are you going to do? So, Are you going to anyway. combine three schools in a parish to make one? Uh, <laughs> like Mike proposed yesterday? <laughs> are you going to close schools, put people out of work? Like Mike said yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Mike and McCarty, uh, 1017. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. So the debate tonight, what probably on LPB, is that what I'm thinking? I think it is. Uh, KTBS is carrying it. I think the other stations are carrying it. I think on their their satellite channel, what are those other channels? They're 3.3 or whatever. Right. I don't know. They're okay. streaming channels. I'm not sure. But it, yeah, they've got, I think one of the KTBS guys is one of the panelists. Um, they've got people from around the state media that are asking questions. It's hard to do that. I don't know if you've ever done that kind of gig, but it's hard to do that. It's hard to hone in on a question when you've got five people up there and, you know, well, you have it, rules and all that. And, so. and, you know, depending on where somebody's from, they're going to have a bias. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're going to frame their question, at, at, you know, almost as an accusation or sure. and, and it's very frustrating. It, it and really and I mean, left or right, you mm-hmm. know, it, yeah. it's. It is difficult, you know. I will watch if if I need a nap. I'm going to turn I'm it on. Watch I am it. going yeah. to turn it on. If I need to drift off to sleep, I'll watch it. So <laughs> that's terrible. No, I, I'm going to watch it. There's no better nap on a Sunday afternoon than to turn on a golf tournament. <laughs> My apologies. I love to play golf. Do you really? Lo- oh, heck yeah. But love do you suck play. at it? I haven't played in so long. Oh, okay. I'm sure my grips would just crumble. Oh, they clubs wow. it back in the back of the garage. Man. Uh, but I, I got hooked for a while. I mean, really? I would skip work and go, <laughs> we, we'd go play golf. I haven't played golf in 30 years. Yeah. But I played for a little while, but I was so bad. And you know me, if I'm not good at something, I don't want to do it. And that's a that's a flaw. You know, that's a flaw. I have to be, you know, like if somebody's doing something better than me, I'm like, what are they doing? I want to do better than them. I want to kick their noticed. butt. I hadn't, I hadn't noticed. noticed that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will go. I, I, I am interested to, um, you know, there are other candidates. Uh, Sharon Hewitt. Mm-hmm. Brilliant woman. You bet. I mean, I really like her. Mm-hmm. I like Wagusback. Uh, I'd like to see how they present themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, it, but, it, and I'm not trying to place a, 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 I just think even, even Schroeder, who, who has done a great job for the state. Yes. They just don't. Why are you in the race? He wants to be an alternative. He wants to be an alternative to and Landry. And I don't mean Schroeder specifically. I'm yeah. just talking these other candidates. The others, right. That, 
And you're po- polling at two percent, right? At what point do you go? We're we're wasting our money, mm-hmm. and we're we're actually we we actually might be hurting candidates when we need to pull together as Republicans. Yeah, and and some of them they they don't they're not fond of Jeff Landry, and so they want folks to have right. an alternative. And there's a big crowd out there that don't uh, among Republicans that don't like Landry, and they want to find an alternative. You know, folks will tell you that just helps Sean Wilson. Right. That's, but but, but if you've got a candidate polling at over 50 percent mm-hmm. and you're at 2 percent. Yeah. You've got to you've got to kind of take a look at it. Right. Absolutely. 1017 FM 710. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. We had a we had a lockdown at schools. We did. We had a. Uh, I was getting texts yesterday um, around lunchtime. What's going on at Bird? What's happening at Bird? And I uh, started looking around to see what is happening. And apparently, there was a nine one one call that came in about somebody armed with a rifle or a gun. At the school, either at Bird or at Cresswell, which is right nearby. And so they put both schools in a lockdown situation. And I thought, you know, oh, they're going to call it off. It's going to be, you know, nothing to it. But what happened was they put the school in lockdown. I know at Bird, they went room by room. I mean, we had state police. We had Cat OSO and SPD. And they went room by room. The kids were told mm-hmm. to lay on the floor. You've got a video posted on keelnews.com. It is just incredible. They went room by room to clear those classrooms. Um, and then they gave the all clear. They never found anyone with a gun on either campus. They, you know, then they went back to their regular school day. But that's frightening. The kids were texting to their parents. Parents were trying to get to the school and... It was one of those moments where you're like, please don't let this be one of those uh, crazy things. Ever since Columbine. Oh, absolutely. And then too numerous uh, situations to, to mention mm-hmm. that, that these are very real that you cannot take lightly. Yes, absolutely. And they kept, you know, they had the, the emergency folks at those schools for a couple of hours while they were doing the sweeps. And... It's frightening couple of hours if you're a parent and you've got a kid at one of those schools and you can't really reach your kid and you're not allowed to come into the campus. Nobody was allowed to come or go and everything was locked down. It's frightening. It and, really and is. Bird being such an old campus, mm-hmm. uh, it goes back to the 20s. Yes, I think so. So there's no way to really secure that that campus. Other than you know, armed per, armed personnel on on site, right? Uh, right. They put fences around the whole place as best they can, mm-hmm. but you still have cars coming and going and people coming and going onto campus. So there, there's there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. short of repl- you know responding to a situation like right. that. They are reviewing all the video to see you know was there really an armed person. They're trying to figure out, you know, did somebody really walk onto the school grounds or in the area with a gun? They're still trying to review all that to find out what what prompted the initial call or was it bogus to begin with. Um, 
not sure about that. But and Bird being on such a high traffic main street oh, in yeah. Shreveport, you know they're they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Being large, high profile, uh, you know, I've, I've thought about that in my church constantly. You know, yes. you, we've all seen videos of somebody opening fire inside of a church. Oh. And the positioning of of our church and, right. and so my head's on a swivel yeah. constantly. No doubt, we got a big hour coming up. Yes, Missy Setters with the Independence Bowl going to join us. Also, uh, Aaron Buchanan from the DOTD going to talk with us about the uh, future plans for I twenty that gets underway in a couple weeks. Mike and McCarty want to. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. You said the mayor is on the way to Washington? That's what he told me. Yeah, he's en route to Washington. I'm sure it's city business. I got to holler at Louis Avalone. Mm-hmm. He's on that bond study committee. Ah, okay, good. And uh, they've met, is it twice now, or are they meeting today? Today is Today's their the second. second meeting, yeah. I believe. And today they're going to hear from Shelly Ragel and the other SPAR folks about the needs in our parks and our buildings. Because SPAR is, uh, is not just parks, it's all facilities. They handle, they maintain f- maintenance for all the facilities that the city owns. So she will prob- probably pitch, and I bet... I bet the department heads, and I may be wrong, so I'm speaking out of turn here. And they're all, if any one of them is listening, um, they're going to go, you know, you idiot, you don't know what you're talking about. I, I think they probably were told. They I say want, that to you too. Oh yeah, they say it to me all the time. I think they probably were told, pitch your basic needs, mm-hmm. pitch a, pitch mm-hmm. a, here's what we need to do, and then pitch a, here's what we'd love to do. You know, a wish list. Like we, we would love to build new pools. But we need to fix the AC at, you know, this building. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they probably were given that directive. So I'm curious what will be on the SPAR list of things they want to, to do. The The meeting is open to the public. It's 5 o'clock today. I think they're holding it in the mayor's conference room. Now that I've probably said that, it might bubble over if more people go. it might They might have to bubble it over into a bigger room. But it is open to the public, um, and you can sit in here. You know, what are the SPAR priorities? What are they going to be pitching to this commission? And, you know, what would end up making it to the ballot? I mean, the commission's going to have to narrow it down. The administration will have to narrow it down. And then, of course, it's up to the council. Mm-hmm. What do you want to put? What kind of items do you want to put on the ballot? Did I hear that w- there's one council member that still hasn't appointed two people? I don't know that. I'm I'm not sure about that. And... I know the mayor was picking five, and then each council member was a, 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 had two, a, had two. Mm-hmm. and so it was going to be a nineteen-member panel. Lewis would know, you know, how, how big mm-hmm. is the panel? Um, Dr. Clark is chairing the committee. I, I found that interesting that you, the mayor appointed the chairman, and rather than let the committee pick a chairman, you know, somebody that would once the committee sits around the table, go look who wants to lead this charge. Yeah, but when he was in here, he had a very good case for Dr. Clark, who's oh, at LSUS, absolutely. to chair that committee. Yes, absolutely, I, no doubt about it, and it's a good choice. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. at all, but you know, I, I um, I'll be interested to see, you know, how big is this bond issue going to be? 
um, what things are on it, what are they including. Now, they're they're not going to go to you at the polls and go, we're going to fix these 28 streets. You're not going to see that at the ballot, but you'll see that during the sales pitch. You'll see, here's the list of streets we want to repair. Mm-hmm. Here's the list of parks we're going to do. And then you'll go to the ballot and they'll say prop one for, you know, streets and drainage and blah, blah, blah. Um, so we'll see. Five o'clock committee meeting today. If they'll have uh, public input at all. Oh, yeah. They're definitely going to have public input. Yeah. I don't know if it's today's meeting, but they ultimately will do these public hearings where people can shout out what they want. Missy Setters with the Independence Bowl joining us after the news. Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline Executive Director of the Independence Bowl, Missy Setters joining us. Missy, good morning to all ya. Good morning, how are y'all? Well, we're doing great. You guys uh got the kickoff dinner coming up October third. You got a pretty big speaker scheduled. Number one draft pick out of college, base professional baseball player for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't remember where he went to college. Hey, but he... hey, <laughs> hey now. Let me throw something L- at him. LSU pitcher Paul Skeens. That's pretty big get. Yeah, we're we're excited about it. Um, obviously, you know, if he kept up with college baseball at all, you know who he is. A lot of people in this area know who he is. And all over the country so we're, we're really excited about having him here and looking forward to it it's a little different time of the year for us but it all worked out well so we're uh really excited gonna be a sellout typically it always is with paul Skeens being your speaker um how do i get a hold of tickets how much are the tickets well, you can get them online go to independencebowl.org and go to a shop i believe and it should be the first thing that you see there you can buy them online. You can call our office at 221-0712 and get tickets there. Um, we're already a little over, I think, 740, no, 750 tickets, um, but we've got room for more. So uh, we're less than less than a month out. Uh, so get the tickets now, and uh, we're working on the seating chart, and we just got the tickets delivered a couple of days ago. Missy Setters with the Independence Bowl. Also, Missy, this is a fundraiser for an organization close to Paul Skeens' heart, Folds of Honor. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're going to do a social media campaign. We're probably going to roll out next week. And I believe he donated or pledged $10 for every strikeout during the college baseball season to go toward Folds of Honor. And so uh, we're going to piggyback off of that and, and try to come up with some money for that nonprofit um, in his honor, too. And uh, so anybody that's interested in that, be looking at our social media accounts. And then we'll also have uh, at the event probably a QR code or something up on the big video board so people can uh, donate at the, at the event. Folds of Honor, uh, for folks that don't know, they provide scholarships to uh, spouses and kids of military and first responders who have passed away or been disabled, correct? Yes, yes. That's Obviously a very worthy organization. And, and you know, with the tie-in, um, him having played at Air Force, and obviously our local community tie-ins there, we think this is just a perfect opportunity, not to have a, not just to have a fantastic speaker, but also to, uh, you know, to do something and giving back for local military 
and uh, people across the country, too. Tuesday, October 3rd, Shreveport Convention Center. The tickets are, buy a whole table. It's 400 bucks. You get a table of eight, or the tickets are 50 bucks a piece. But you want to bring the whole office or your whole friend group. Uh, you want your own table there. So it's a great event. It's a kickoff for our Independence Bowl. And uh, I hear LSU is going to be at the game this year, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. It was a rough week last week, but we're all looking forward to the rest of the season, right? Yes. You're going to be at the game Saturday, I guess? You're not one of those fair weather people, right? No, we are not. We are the kind of people that no matter what the weather looks like and no matter who the opponent is, and we're excited about the Grambling game. It'll be fun. Um, We're in the stands until the very last second ticks off. Uh, and uh, so thank you. We'll, we'll be there enjoying it. Yeah. I love to yeah. hear that. That's that's exciting. A lot's going on with the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Keep us posted if you got anything else going on. All right. We appreciate y'all. Thank you. You bet. Thank you, Missy Setters, with the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Mike McCarty. What- Back to the big stories of the day with Mike McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. There's a story on keelnews.com. We talked with uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser yesterday about the Mardi Gras situation in, in Shreveport, Bossier, and asked him, first of all, about the the issue is security. That's the, the, the issue for all the changes that, uh, that are being proposed by the city that we don't have enough security. So we asked the lieutenant governor uh, if he could get involved and possibly uh, get other agencies to become involved and help us with our security issues. It's hard to get commitments, and, and you know, there's going to be a change in the guard. But state police, all of those things we've inquired about. What I've asked the city and, and working with the local crews, we don't want to change the date of those parades. I just got back from Australia and New Zealand, and we got people excited about coming to Mardi Gras in North Louisiana. They'll be flying into Dallas, renting a car, and coming there for Mardi Gras. Well, they're already making plans. If you change the date of those parades, uh, you're going to set our international tourism back because these people are already making plans to come there to enjoy those great parades, and, and we don't want to have them show up and, and find out that the parade has been changed to another date. Ooh. So it's very important that we stay the schedule that we committed to when we went overseas to sell. Have you North told our mayor that? Have you told our mayor we've, that? We've delivered that message, and, and I'll be coming up there to meet with the mayor. I've been in contact with Stacy over tourism and the captains of the crews. But I'm actually coming up there in a few weeks and going to sit down with the mayor and see whatever I can do to make it work. But we've got to keep Mardi Gras on schedule. We're expecting a big influx of out-of-town guests, um, and, and they spend money, and it's a great opportunity for us to grow family-friendly, safe, affordable Mardi Gras in North Louisiana. According to the lieutenant governor, thousands of people are scheduled to come from down under mm-hmm. Australia and New Zealand. To enjoy Mardi Gras in North Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Now, I reached out to our his honor, the good mayor of Shreveport, to say, have you heard this message from the lieutenant governor yet? Because he acted like he has delivered. He said he delivered the message. Well, you asked him specifically, have you have you spoken with the mayor? And his response was, we've delivered the message. Mm-hmm. And we've talked with Stacy Brown at the Tourism uh, Bureau, mm-hmm. 
and then the captains from the cruise. But he never he never said I technically I talked it to the, to the mayor. mayor. So I I texted the his honor the mayor yesterday um, to see if he could join us today. He said he's headed to Washington, so he'd be unable to be on. And I said, any comment from you on Billy Nungesser saying Shreveport should not change the date of any Mardi Gras parades? To which he responded, interesting that he would comment without discussing it with the mayor. And I said, he says he'll be in town soon to meet with you about this and schedule a meeting. He says, I have not heard from him. So he hasn't reached out to the mayor yet to set up the meeting. And the mayor says he's not called me with that message to deliver that message that you don't move the Mardi Gras parades. Will that impact the mayor? I'm not sure. I need to, as soon as he gets back from D.C., we're going to book him to come in. Let's talk about that. I know the um, crews are having a big powwow, I think, Monday, to which they're going to present a counteroffer, I think, to the city. Um, I was told by some inside folks that they need a 100 more security personnel. If you can get a 100 more security personnel, then we can roll the parade, the Centaur Parade, on the same day as the African-American History Parade. Are they conceding moving the start of the parade up further up Clyde Fant Parkway? Or I don't know. I don't know if they're going to hold firm till we want to stick it to Lake, stay at Lake Street. Uh, I don't know if they're going to hold firm to the earlier start time, too, because they're pushing it back another hour, I think, to a 2.30 start. If you're going to start it at 2.30, go ahead and start from the original position. Keep that family-friendly yeah. zone down there by downtown. And I know. I You're starting earlier. Mm-hmm. So. Here's the thing. If you're a rider on, on one of these parades and you have trimmed a mile or two miles or whatever it is out of the parade... Well, you have you have already committed to spend X amount of dollars for to be a rider, to be a float member, to buy your throws, and now you've cut out a third or a fourth, twenty five percent of the route that those folks love and enjoy and want to be mm-hmm. want it want it to be included, and they're going to be upset because it's you want to start if you if especially if you've got kids, you've got mm-hmm. family. If you're at the head of the parade, if you're at the front right there where the parade starts, well, then you're going to be able to get out of there earlier. Yes. You know, you can you can head on back to the house mm-hmm. by, when the end of the parade passes you by. You'll be home for supper. Absolutely. Way earlier. And, and, and way before it gets dark. And I know that's another sticking point for those float riders is they want, definitely want to be able to show off their floats at night. Because they've spent a lot of money on the lights and all that. But you have the other problem. You have the security issues at night. When it gets dark, things get more dangerous. It's not like we're in Fallujah. But by cutting, say, a mile off the parade route, how much time does that save? How how much how long probably, does it take the parade to go a mile? It's probably an hour. Somebody will text me and, and correct me, but I, I'm I think curious it's probably. To, yeah, I, I know they're wanting to finish before dark. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So, you, the, but they moved the time up already. But now you're moving the time up and shaving uh, mileage off of the route. You're you're definitely going to be finished long before dark with a two thirty start from that railroad bridge. You're definitely done before darkness. Um, is that what the float riders want? No, 
that's not what they want. They they want to be able to be out there and show off those floats at night during the, in the duck pond area. Uh, they're going to try to reach a compromise, I would imagine. I, you know, I, I would imagine. We need to get a hold of some of the crews. We will. They're, they're being quiet until their Monday meeting, and then they're going to be ready to talk. So we'll see if they are going to come up with a compromise. Don't know. It's going to be interesting we, to see. We, yeah, we, we, we got and people I, we can talk to that uh, yes, and the, and the, aren't willing to come on the air yet. And I know the lieutenant governor also said that he has reached out to the Sheriff's Association mm-hmm. to try to get them to step up and pony up some security personnel, too. And that will be interesting. It, you know, is DeSoto going to help? Is Webster? Is Bossier Parish? But, they, but he made the folks? comment that it's because we're going to have a new governor. That it's hard to get a commitment. What does the governor have to do with anything for North Louisiana's Mardi Gras parades on whether or not you provide, you know, additional security? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's National Guard or it's state police. Can a governor today commit? Well, he he mentioned sheriff's association. But, like, could the governor commit state troopers or National Guard to our parade in February when in February he's no longer governor. Right. So he may say, "Yeah, sure, I'll send them. Well, then in January when we have a new governor or a new head of state police or whatever, they're going to go, no, we We can't can't, honor this. We can't do that. We don't have enough people. So that's where you have the dilemma when you have a changing of the guard. Can this guy commit you to things in the future that he's not going to have control over. Well, I, I see that, but it sounded like he was talking about the Sheriff's Association. He was having difficulty getting commitments from sheriffs around the region. So I didn't know what that what the governor had anything to do. No, I think I think he's working on getting the deputies because that he could control. Right. What he can't control is the state police gotcha. or national guard. That so makes I, sense. I think that's where the dilemma is. So we will see. We got a lot of decisions coming in the next couple of weeks with regard to Mardi Gras. I twenty from basically Louisiana Downs in Bossier to Texas mm-hmm. is in hideous condition you bet i mean hideous condition and hasn't been redone since you said the 60s that's what they're saying i we need to clarify that we're going to find out about that we got uh aaron buchanan with the uh, dotd uh, she's going to join us coming up here in about 10 minutes from right now mike and mccarty 101 back with more of mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel Apparently, people are all up in arms, pun intended, about this video of this mom that uh, she runs out on the football field after the game because everybody's her son is playing. Looks like a high school football game. Mm -hmm. And she like jumps up on him into his arms, into his arms and wraps her arms around, you know, his shoulders and hangs on. And she kind of wraps her legs, her knees Mm -hmm. um, around his waist to support herself. And people are freaking out over that. Like that's too much. That's too intimate a hug for your mom. I've never jumped into well, my son's all, arms. That's not happening. She looks like she's 24 years old. She's a young looking mom. Yeah. She's young. He's a high school football player. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm assuming it's her son. Yeah, it's her son. <laughs> that's we too know. much though. That's a little too. But people are, did, were you demonstratively affectionate with your, with your children? Your I'm two a hugger. Boys? Me yeah, too. I'm Me a hugger. too. And, and, but I, this is a, this is kind of creepy. This kind of like got a creepy feel to it. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit, yeah. 
I'm not sure I'm I'm for this or not. Okay, so, so you hug. Do you do you kiss your boys? We did, I might give them a kiss on the cheek. So no, there's, there's no, nothing no on the mouth kiss. anymore. No, 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 no. Okay. We had mouth kissed since they were five. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 That to me is. I know people do it. I I just don't. I'm not. I'm not one for that. So whatever. Yeah. Go look at this. So mom. no tongue. Yeah. You're not. Hey. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you creep. What's the number for nine one one, Ruben? Uh, Aaron Buchanan with DOTD going to talk with us about I-20 next. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. <laughs> did, did you think my mic picked that up, Ruben? When she, okay, no. <laughs> Mike and McCarty. Aaron, you have to say that again. What did you say? Mike and McCarty, back to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, another former KTBS cohort of mine, Aaron Buchanan, uh, joining us now with the DOTD. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. You, well, good. you've got a big yep. project. We've got a big <laughs> project coming up. I, I, I didn't realize that it's already starting. I-20, this is more than an overlay. Is that correct? Oh, it's much more than an overlay, which is why we've kind of been preparing, you know, everyone for the start of this. Um, so, tem- yeah, tell me about when the start date, when are you going to yeah. start closing lanes? Where is it? Where are the food trucks along the interstate going to be <laughs> for the <laughs> people backed idea? up? Yeah. <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So, we are kicking off construction on September 18th, so about a week and a half from now. Uh, will commence with lane closure. So, um, to you know, what we were talking about just a second ago, this is not an overlay by any means. This is the total reconstruction of all of the lanes of the interstate from about Hamilton Road in Bossier City to Industrial Drive. So that's... Oh, Hamilton Road. So that's further in town then. Do what now? The Hamilton Road. That's further in town than we were thinking it was going to start. Yeah, so it's, there's a section of interstate that was rebuilt, um, you know, in the 2000s that's in uh, pretty good shape, kind of over the river section there. So this starts where that project ended. And so it's just west of Benton Road. It's around Hamilton Road, Westerfield area, um, to all the way to industrial. So now, it's, Aaron, it's will, the, will the orange barrels go out for the entire stretch that you're going to do the work? Or are you going to do like two-mile stretches at a time? Or is it going to all, will the barrels be out for the whole stretch well, the whole, whole time? Yeah, the whole stretch is only about two and a half okay. miles anyway. But it, it's the rough one, you know. And so, yes. So what is going to happen is that there will be one lane open in each direction. So we're closing one lane in each direction um, to allow the contractor to, um, first, they're going to be build, building up the outside shoulder to be able to put traffic on it. So you'll see the inside lane. Um, close, I mean, open up for traffic and then we'll flip flop as they build both sides of those lanes. And so either way, there's always going to be a lane closed through that rehab portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's going to be the primary impact to traffic. As we know, it takes little for there to be congestion that occurs on the interstate anytime there's an incident. So, um, you know, that's kind of what we're preparing everybody for. We're telling everybody, if you don't have to get in the construction zone, don't. Please utilize I-220. There will be plenty of advanced warning signs as part of this project um, that will sense the changes in traffic and update the message accordingly. 
travel times, uh, and warnings on congestion, uh, you know, alerts to take I-220, that sort of thing, especially for out-of-towners who aren't familiar. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's going to be, you know, little surprise as people approach the construction zone that they will be approaching, um, you know, a work zone. And so we just want everybody to be prepared for there because it's going to impact our, you know, our typical commute in Bozier and Shreveport as well. Sure. Okay, so you say, uh, let me get a beat on this. You have to explain this to me like I'm seven years old. When you <laughs> when you say Hamilton Road, then you're talking about going back east. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh, yes. okay. Because, see, so I'm thinking in, coming into Shreveport. But so, no, no. Because that Three section over Airline Drive, between Airline Drive and Hamilton, is, is horrendous. That's correct. So mm-hmm. That's part that's of it. Okay, good. Okay, what what is being done in, in Caddo Parish? Do you have a section that's so happening here? Addition, yes. So in addition to the reconstruction, which, I, like I said, that's the original paper from the 1960s. We're ripping it all out to the base and putting new. Uh, so in addition to the reconstruction, we also have full depth concrete pavement repairs in smaller sections. And so that's going to be happening in Caddo from Pines Road to about Market Street. In, in small sections. However, that work is going to be primarily at night. All of that will be done at night. Those lanes have to be open by 6 a.m. in the morning. So those are, won't be round-the-clock lane closures. However, there's going to be some pretty extensive repairs to the you know, the pavement there as well. It'll be full depth, again, going down to the roadway base. It just won't be miles of it. So we predetermined those sections that need to be repaired. When you say going down to the base, let me mm-hmm. – I've heard from um, from road contractors – that say that the Louisiana standards are not the same as, say, in Texas. Have we changed that? Are we going to build them up to be, to, to bigger, better standards now so they do last longer? I don't know what that means. What okay. do you mean that they're not the same standards? Uh, maybe the depth we, of the pavement. I don't speak the language. I don't speak the language. But they, but a contractor who does work in Texas and Louisiana says it's it's a it's a little different standard in Texas as opposed to Louisiana. Um, you're following best practices, I assume. She said sure, federal standards. Okay, right. Of course. I mean, but you're going to get a different product when you use concrete as opposed to asphalt. Okay. This is not an asphalt project. Um, asphalt is not a bad thing. It, you know, it's, we use we have asphalt roadways everywhere. You're not going to get the same length of service as you do out of concrete. Uh, you want to use concrete, hopefully, on roads that see heavy travel and that will last, um, you know, a very long time, which is, you know, typically your interstate. And so, um, you know, I, I I can't really I'm not really sure what that contractor was referring to. Okay, I mean, gotcha. You know, pretty much all state DOTs are uh, adhering to the same standards. Um, but, you know, your materials vary based on the type of project that you're doing. But when I say we go down to the base, we're ripping that road up to the dirt. Mm, you know, we're, wow. This is Amen. Not hallelujah. Exactly. Me, I'm saying the same thing. Now, we, so we see this true. projection of this is a two and a half year project that is like, Correct. oh, my barrel races for two and a half years. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of your best that's case the, scenario. That's or? The yeah, that's the longest. That's OK, the, that's. Two and a half is really the worst case. So the, worst the case, right. is a two-year project. It, the contractor bid 730 days. That's two years. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, we'd stay right on schedule and we'd finish up in September of 2025 or late 2025. Uh, you know, I think we all need to be a little realistic and know that things pop up, things impact construction timelines, things that are out of our control often. And so, you know, we may be looking at early 2026. 
um, you know, it just kind of depends. But that, but that's the timeline. That's what the contractor bid. And so we're, we've been communicating to everybody that this is a two to two and a half year long project. So strap in on that. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourself for that. Um, but the bulk of the work, you know, of course, is the reconstruction portion. It's not a very long portion, but it's a portion that's been needing it for quite some time. I think food trucks is a good idea. Y'all might want to look yeah, into that. Yeah, I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Aaron Buchanan with the DOTD, Micah McCarty. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Did I hear you say Donald Trump Jr. is coming to town? Yes, he is. He's coming um, for a fundraiser for Jeff Landry in the governor's race. Uh, it's going to be uh, September 13th. That's Wednesday next week. Stage at Silver Star. Tracy Lawrence is going to be singing. Um, I think the tickets are 50 bucks, I think is what they said. $50 online. Um, you that doesn't you, sound unreasonable at all. Not bad for at a all. Fund, especially for a fundraiser. Absolutely. You could, And the money's going to go to fund Jeff Landry. Um, he's the front runner. He's raised a lot of money. Now, he's not going to be there tonight. The first gubernatorial debate with, uh, I think, five candidates are going to be there. Uh, Landry will not be. He's declined to participate. Um, you'll have the top five who polled. I think it was the 3% threshold. I'm not sure. Richard Nelson was not included because he didn't poll up to the threshold. But, you know, it's a statewide debate. You'll the have the Hewitt, media. Mm-hmm. Schroeder, mm-hmm. Waggis Pack. Yep. And, and who else? Then? Sean Wilson. I thought it was a Republican debate. No, I think it's all of them. Oh, it's, believe, oh, yeah, it's all? I believe it is. Oh. So, um, Hunter Lundy, I think, will be there as well. Okay. So you'll have a, you know, it'll be pretty fiery. I would imagine you're going to hear really? a lot of, oh, a lot of people. I'm definitely t- t- tuning in. A lot of people will be going after Landry, I would assume. Um, you know, they're also going to have to go after Sean Wilson because he looks like he's got smooth sailing to, you right. know, to, the, to get in the runoff. And, you know, it would be the Republicans are going to try to do what they can to put two Republicans in the runoff. But I, I, I that's just not going to happen. It's just it's almost impossible. And Wilson well, no. wants Landry. I mean, you'll hear all the pundits say if if Wilson could pick which Republican he gets in the runoff, he will say, I want Landry, you know, in terms of he's the best one for him to possibly beat. You know, we that's, shall see. That's so interesting. To it me. really is. It really is. And you'll, because you'll say, people will say, Landry will have the most baggage that Sean will try to exploit and the Democrats will try to exploit. And they're already going at him now, doing all this campaign finance stuff and, and coming at him hard. But if you're running on your record mm-hmm. and you're a former, what, former army officer, former, uh, police officer, mm-hmm. former attorney general for the state. Business owner, yeah. Business, or you were in charge of the roads in this state. What record would you rather run on? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's a I, great I'm, point. I'm just saying. That's a great point. And I, I drive over know. Jimmy Davis Bridge and you want to say, the the person that was in charge of these roads, mm-hmm. now you want to put them in charge of the state? Look at the yeah. condition of the roads. That's a good point. And, and and what's the condition of the state going to be? And Dr. Wilson will say his hands were pretty much tied because we haven't had the funding 
to take care of our roads. He's got an $18 billion backlog of projects and no money to fund it. That's what he'll say. Mm, If I were him, that's what I would say. But I'm not him. Yeah. We're going to have a couple of candidates. What is Moon calling? Pothole? (laughs) Yes. Scott Hughes is joining us tomorrow to kind of evaluate the debate, how'd it go, who was winners, losers, all that good stuff. So he'll be in the 7 o'clock hour. And speaking of, we'll have Sharon Hewitt. She's scheduled in the Mm -hmm. next few weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Schroeder going to be with us. Reaching Uh, out to WAGS to get him to come in. Steven, yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll try to get them all through here. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM.